0: I think my advice to those people who are in that um, sort of uh, segment where they have resource issue, um, they should rely on um, already pre-made content out there. So like if for example, I think relying on Khan Academy, relying on uh, videos that are already out there, content that don't make the content, find the content and try to make sure you reach out to your audience.
1: What is up everybody this is Asad Hashemeli back again with another episode of In The Times with Cedar College the podcast where we sit with people from Cedar College to hear their stories about how they're dealing with these frankly speaking upsetting times. Um, Over the past few weeks since we started this uh, series The news hasn't been very great. Uh, If you may or may not know, um, there's been a lot of uproar on social media about inequality, about social justice, um, about uh, death and loss of loved ones. And it, it does leave a very, very heavy rock on my heart personally. I'm not one to comment on it much, but I do know is that it's something that can't be left unsaid and can't be left unaddressed. So for all those who are listening, I'd highly recommend that you spare a moment to educate yourself about what's happening in the world and about how you can play your part in making about a positive impact, a positive change in fighting social inequality and fighting Things uh, that might be called unjust in fighting for what is right, in fighting for others around you, for those that are weak, for those that may not have a voice, share your voice, offer them your voice to speak up and to be that voice that they just need at that point in time. Um, Let's bring the love back. I think that's something that's very important to me personally. Sharing the love, bringing the love, um, being there for one another. I think that it's time for empathy and that's that's never going to be something that's going to die out. Kindness is never going to be overrated. Empathy is never going to be overrated. Being nice, being humble, being kind, being generous. These are all human qualities which keep us alive, which make us human. So let's get in touch with ourselves, let's get in touch with those around us, and let's remind each other that we have to stand strong and we have to be there for each other. I think this conversation that I have that you're going to listen to shortly with Ali and Razada is something which will allow you to maybe, um, you know, embrace the friendships that you have sir Ali has been not just uh, a teacher of mine he's been a mentor figure and now I don't even call him my mentor I call him my brother and that's quite literally I think he knows he calls me his little brother I call him my elder brother and when you hear us talk you'll hear us share a laugh at the later towards the end of the podcast but you'll also hear some very smart real conversation about what's happening in the world from an economics perspective and also to give you some uh, perspective on the on sir Ali himself he is an economist, he studied economics purely from uh, Lums and then went to University of Chicago to study policy. Uh, He is the owner of two schools, he's a father as well, he's a husband, he's a son, and he's a teacher, a figure, a hero for all of us. And I hope I seriously hope that you enjoy this episode because I had a blast recording it. If you have any feedback, feel free to email me on my personal email address. That's asad.hashamali.com at cedar.edu.pk uh, asad.hashmali at cedar.edu.pk um, If you have any suggestions, feel free to email me or comment below. Uh, this podcast is now available on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on uh, Spreaker. It's everywhere. We are everywhere. And Facebook. So, yeah, this episode was produced by Backspace. My name is Asad Hashmali and let's get straight into it. Mr. Ali Anwazada, what is up? Thank you much. You tell me how are you today in these um, very difficult times actually i must say
0: yes yes uh, so i'm i'm trying to sort of uh, keep myself busy i've uh, decided to uh, do some do some um, healthy stuff uh, biking mm-hmm. in the morning uh, for 20 kilometers intermittent fasting and a lot of other things yeah. uh, giving myself a haircut which is i think a big achievement um, which i still
1: can't and- believe that's very gutsy of you to do actually so
0: I know it's pretty yeah. risky, and it's uh, I'm pretty proud of it because uh, I had to see some uh, YouTube videos, but uh, then I figured it out, and now I'm where, myself,
1: "Where there's a will, there's a way." I guess, yeah.
0: There is, there is, yeah. There
1: is. So I you think. got your Strava app on
0: as well when you go cycling? Yes, I do. You're
1: part of the Strava gang. Um, that's what they call yeah, you, know that I mean,
0: right? The Strava gang.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Apparently, I'm pretty, pretty
0: new. To, so I'm pretty new to it, but yes, I I think you get like... Uh, I like the idea that when you do 20 kilometers and people are saying kudos to you and all that. And it's like, a, it's a good thing. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like the, like yesterday I was like, at 15, I was like, done. But I was like, you know what, I should do 20 for, for the Strava. Strava kudos and all that. For so, my fans
1: yeah. on Strava, I must hit 20.
0: On Strava, <laughs> this is I dedicate Another 5 kilometers for them.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. So, So Ali, I feel like when I talk to you, it's talking to family. So I'm going to be very upfront uh, and, and, you know, up close with you in this whole conversation, because the point of In The Times is actually to, um, to basically shed some light on what's going on in people's lives. Um, And you are not just one of the founders and directors at Cedar. You're also, um, you also run your own uh, school, a primary school as well, by the name of the Ivy School. So I hear your stories about, you're not just balancing, um, a-levels uh, and, you know, your students at the college with your personal life, but then you've also got a second baby as well by the name of Ivy, uh, which is like from pre-pre preschool all the way to now third grade as well. So, yeah, for all those listening, actually, uh, the reason why Sir Ali and I hit it off really well is because he didn't, he taught me in Back in my time at Lyceum, also, but something that he kept emphasizing throughout was his journey before teaching. So, Sali, I also want you to maybe share some thoughts about how it was for you uh, in in your time at banking and also at the Acumen Fund. All right, so now, with that Mm -hmm. being said, what do you feel like are some challenges that uh, businesses have now faced in this corona time that they should, that they are now addressing, actually?
0: So, I think, um, I mean, everyone is affected. There are some people, of course, who have seen this as an opportunity in terms of like business probably going up, like if you are probably in um, pharmaceutical and all that. So, of course, some businesses are probably going to benefit from this, but a lot of businesses have been affected negatively. And there are many reasons for that, of course, because uh, suddenly the demand uh, pattern is changing. You can see, I mean, talk about, you know, like grocery stores, suddenly they had to go online. Talk about, you know, um, your um, clothing businesses. Everyone had to go online, find find a way to reach out to their customers, find a way to interact with all the SOPs and so on and so forth. So there's a change in the demand pattern, demand uh, sort of uh, consumption style, Trends, and even yeah. consumption pattern. Yeah. Also, then you are looking at uh, new demand to come as well. So, like, I mean, we can talk about schools of how, you know, how schools had to quickly adapt to online teaching and online learning and investing in platforms, day training and all that. So there is that challenge that is happening. And on the supply side, then again, there are challenges. On the supply side, you know, you are your workers who are those people who you want to have for executing your task and delivering your product. They cannot really come to work uh, or if they come to work, there is a, significant risk attached to it so there is that challenge so on the supply side you're seeing difficulty in providing the goods on time on the demand side you're looking at uh, changing demand or lower demand or even like different demand and so on and so forth so for an entrepreneur it's it's tough and and the funny part is that unlike other recessions for example if you look at 2008 recession or even like um, recessions that have happened in the past this kind of recession is kind of like a recession that we don't know how long it will last and we don't know who, um what will happen let's say when we come out of it a lot of people by the way are predicting you know cuz i I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts on economics as well a lot of people are predicting that you know like probably as soon as things come back to normal you will see a big spike in demand for a, uh, and things may go back to normal very quickly but the problem that we are seeing is is basically um when will that happen? We don't know. So, from a business perspective, uh, who are people who are looking at short run versus long run? They don't know, you know, how long is is this going to be, and so when is a good time to invest versus when is a good time to sort of not invest and in retain your uh, profits and other things? So, a lot of uncertainty, basically.
1: It's pretty interesting. You say that that. Um, economists, you're saying the economists globally are predicting that once the economy and the, the health crisis ends, you're saying that the economy will go back to its previous form of operation.
0: I mean, I mean, they may say, they, was, they, they predict, you know, like, um, I mean, there are two views about it, and I think I agree with it. Let's say if this is a short lived uh, phenomenon. Let's mm-hmm. say, next six months, we get a vaccine, things go back to normal. Or, we i don't know some immune system kind of like gets stronger and so on and so forth Then this doesn't become a big problem i mean i don't know i'm not really following up with the uh, a bio side of it but let's say something like that happened in six months Let's say we come back to some kind of normalcy then there won't be too much of an effect of this this yeah. loss of income and all that but mm-hmm. let's say if you're looking at another six to 18 months or even like uh two years where then they they are predicting that, you know, like, then things will become difficult for a lot longer. But whenever we come out of it, because there will be some kind of an optimism mm-hmm. or a consumer and business confidence that will come back, you will see things to uh, spike up and things to become better. All right, but interesting. this is against the background of, you know, like, how big do we end up incurring losses? If these losses are really big, then of course, the optimism, no matter how much, will not be so impactful.
1: Right. Right. And it so depends also on like, it's like, it's it's more of a collective game, right? That you have to see how, are you able to really influence the 42.6 million unemployed workers of the USA to bounce that up? So I think people also yeah. have to realize that you can't take it for face value. You really have to look at these yeah. small little numbers and also remind yeah. yourself that it feels long. But the point we're it feels long, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a short-run uh, concept.
0: Yeah, that's also true. I mean, um, depending on, of course, how long will the impact be? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, right now, we, we too do think of it short-run, but I don't know um, how long it will last in terms of its impact. One thing is for sure, I mean, um, another, I don't know whether it's part of our talk or not, but one thing, I mean, uh, which is fascinating to know is this, that this kind of a recession is uh, is going to be different because, you know, on the demand side, you don't want people to go out and, you know, end up spending right now because when they do that, the caution goes out of the window and then you end up having more cases and having more transfer of virus. So you want people to basically stay at home. On the right. supply side also, you want people to stay at home. Or even when they come out, it has to be extremely necessary. So there is that kind of a problem where ultimately governments are like, you know what, poor governments have another kind of a dilemma, but like rich governments are like, you know what, just give the money, let the people sort of buy the essentials yeah. uh, so that the, the crisis could just be kind of like controlled. But for yeah. poor countries, of course, you know how it is for us. I think we closed in March and now we're opening up completely because it's difficult to sustain. It's difficult Same to sustain. Same thing yeah. with, and, and with each, India. As well. Each
1: economy has its own set of problems overall. So you can't really take that formula from one country to another country either.
0: I agree. I agree. And, yeah. I, I know, and nobody knows the formula. I mean, there's some European countries who which decided to have a zero lockdown kind of a phenomenon. And Sweden, and
1: who, if anything, ended up like yes. going in the green and figures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, and, and, you know, like Hong Kong, uh, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine lives there. He, he's saying, we never had like a they were very quick to react, but then they the life is pretty normal there as well. So it all depends on, you know, like how well your people um, take care of themselves. Right. Um and whether you will be able to um stay safe. Is this so Hong Kong you is over, or Singapore? Uh Hong Kong. Kong, Singapore okay. has a different set of issues. Singapore was also doing a good job, but then Singapore had an issue of migrants um, and And then workers. they shut
1: themselves up again, basically.
0: Yes, but Hong Kong has been has been pretty pretty chill, pretty normal. But the first few sort of uh, months, they were very careful, mm-hmm. and they were able to to go back to this um, this. Um, and I think part of the reason why this is the case is because of their uh, past I mean they've been mm-hmm. through different uh, SARS and other viruses, so they know how to cope up with this kind of a situation
1: mm-hmm. fair all right so so keeping this in mind actually that um, it's expected that you know what you said earlier that demands might go back to the way they were we, they might we might have a see a creation of a new set of demand altogether or a new set of uh, consumption pattern altogether. Um. So keeping that point in mind, do you feel that in education right now, there's this spike in a concept of ed tech, right? Um, it's all of a sudden become this new heart uh, thing. Also, parents are confused by it. Teachers are daunted by it. Students don't want to get into it. Uh, and educational leaders want to make sure that it's leveraged because that's the solution to the problem yeah, that the they way. see.
0: Sorry? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The way you're yeah. uh, word wording it is absolutely, <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely spot <laughs> on. So I'm actually agreeing with uh, all the words that you said. Yeah. The, uh, educational entrepreneurs want to leverage it. Teachers yeah. are hating it. Students are, I mean... Don't uh, want to get near
1: it. <laughs> and parents are I scared think, of it.
0: I think, I think students are, um, uh, what do you call it, um uh, they don't care much right now, yeah. I mean, they're like, okay, life goes on, this is what it is. Parents are hating it for sure, yeah. especially younger kids' parents, they are hating it because they are part of the process. Um, and uh, so they're hating it. Teachers are, I mean, uh, depending on, but yeah, they're hating it as well. So, yeah. I mean, we are, we, we do have a problem here, yes, yeah. So, and, uh, I, and
1: I don't mean to disrespect it, I'm just say, saying seeing it for what it is because the, the yeah. question that I actually want to get into is that right now there's a demand for it and so do you feel that this demand is one that is going to be sustained in the long run and this is your personal opinion that i asked for not on behalf of the school or anyone
0: so i think there is one thing that is going to happen is and that's, that's this is you know like sometimes we in economics we say there are unintended consequences so one mm. of the unintended consequences of um all this sort of uh forced uh sort of um a movement towards the online. I say force because I think everyone has to has decided to do it because that's the only way to reach out to, to the students and all that. So I think one of the unintended consequences will be everyone is going to become better at technology and people mm-hmm. will realize the power of um, online learning. Mm-hmm. I mean Khan Academy had an issue because everyone turned to Khan Academy and they had a major server issue that happened and they were actually as soon as uh, covid 19 happened schools were shut down everyone turned to khan academy they they actually uh, started asking for funding for uh, this service to be sort of maintained and all that and so you know like uh, suddenly um, you have those kind of problems happening and um, so what i what i feel is basically um the unintended consequence will be everyone will become better at technology students teachers um, more entrepreneurs will come in this industry and i think the whole idea that we used to talk about before covid 19 the flipped classroom the the you know like blended learning and also the ideas of you know like independent learners and all that it can actually become um, a part of learning uh, which probably wasn't the case before You know, a lot of people would be like were rejecting technology, or even if they were reject accepting technology, they had like a whole thing about it. Now they're forced into it, like their professors have to teach classes online through Zoom, and a lot of people actually still are um, disbelievers. They say that you know what, this is all um, um, ineffective. Once we come out of um, COVID nineteen and we go back and study. The student outcomes in terms of learning we will realize that it isn't doing much or it hasn't done much that i don't know i i just feel uh maybe it could be true that it wasn't an effective sort of uh, delivery but maybe it might not be the case um and maybe we might see kids to become better i mean there was an article that i was reading it's an important article to talk about because that article talked about how a lot of kids actually love online teaching. Those who are bullied at school, they love it. They don't need they're not getting bullied anymore. Those who find the classrooms to be a distra- uh, lot distracting, they're, they're happily teach, uh, be uh, learning at. Uh, so you know, like some learners are actually happy. Some learners who are also independent, they're also loving it because they know this that you know what content is happening. They can shut themselves off. Um, in physical classroom they used to do the same but you know they had to sort of go to the classroom they had to go through the whole thing they had to be also listening so that if suddenly a question comes their way they may need to respond so now you are like kind of like on a, on your own but then also there are many other learners who are actually completely uh, disassociated with it as well so they are finding it challenging and uh, teachers who are previously who were previously looking at students in a physical sense they can't see those students anymore, and so there's a there's a there is more likelihood of those learners who were who required more attention to to sort of fall through the cracks, kind of thing. So I mean, you could have those kind of issues that can happen as well. So so there will be some learners benefiting and others um, uh, struggling for sure. That that that's something we can look at. Yeah. But I think overall, I just feel that. Um, we need to be more accepting and i think as a parent of um, two kids as a as a person who um, is um, sort of part of managing two schools of different age groups i know this for sure that you know like if as a if as a parent i say to myself that you know what i'm this isn't going to work out uh, and you know you can see the news a lot of parents are saying you know what we want free discounts you don't believe online schooling is going to work i mean my question to them is that <clears throat> let's say this covid-19 and school closure goes on for one more year what will be the impact on the, of, of learning and how will we be able to cope up with it um, and we you need to understand one year of learning loss is a lot more is a lot a uh, lot lot of time loss um and or if it's not one what if it's two years and all that so we got to sort of uh, we got to sort of be more accepting as a, as parents, as teachers, as that this could be the new normal, and now we need to make sure that we take this as an opportunity to do better. Yeah, and that means basically coming out of our comfort zone, training. Um, I mean, you and I were talking about the other day, healthy routines. You know, like finding the healthy routines, making sure that communication becomes better um a lot of it is like you know like prompt communication and all that um and by the way communication is becoming daunting as well like mm-hmm. there are so many things that i right now uh have to respond to you know like i'm responding to my my email my ivy email Cedar email personal email Shivel's my son's email my daughter's emails for the homework. <laughs> Then there is WhatsApp, which has tons of messages coming. I'm responding to those. Then there is other work that is basically also happening that you need to, so you are, and you feel sometimes that you know, like, there's so much people, so many people to respond to suddenly because that's the way you respond. Yeah. Um, so it is pretty daunting. But we got to sort of accept it yeah. and make the best of it. So Just that's keeping my that in
1: mind. Keeping that in mind, actually, um, is that I think that what you were saying, that the, 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 the descriptions that you mentioned of different learning speeds and who's now at an advantage, who was previously disadvantaged in some way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that now that with the fact that education is now completely virtual has allowed it to be uh, a level playing field for many. And it's removed that barrier. There's no obstacle now or barrier to entry or barrier to success in, in academics in any way for any child. The one who was weak in class now can learn at a self-paced way. The one who felt um, bullied in class now is, you know, doesn't have to be bullied. Uh, sorry, doesn't have to like, you know, be exposed to that situation. And the one who was, you know, learning at a faster pace can learn at an even faster pace and so not have to be bogged down by any teacher bias as well. And that's there's no teacher bias in this case now. So
0: how do you feel that? You never schools? know. By the way, teacher bias can still happen because you know, like, what if, uh, what if I don't like you and I don't give you a call? What if you are raising your hand? and or um, I mean it virtually. from the sense that
1: it's a solution like I, I don't mean it from like a zoom call kind of a virtual classroom so I mean like you know where you're yeah
0: but there, there is a there's a lot yeah there's a lot but you know like also uh what are the challenges at least um, in um, now we're seeing I mean I'm telling you this is because uh, I never realized this that because you know when you're teaching an A-level class versus when you look at a primary class A-level mm-hmm. class the students are probably you know like they don't switch on their cameras The class sizes are big so you don't see them they are chatting and all that so you don't know where they are they are on mute and all that they could be sitting in the lounge or in their bed or whatever but when you look at now with with the primary students we are actually um, asking them to switch on their cameras the class size is also very small and um, some of the schools and that's not with our school luckily and um, because the student uh, parent body is probably different, but some of the schools are finding it very difficult to teach to the primary kids. Not because of the kids or not because of the children. It's because of the environment that they're working in. Like uh, one of the schools actually wrote to the uh, parent body saying, you know, like you got to switch off the TV when the child is studying, or you gotta, you have to stop distracting the child because let's say the child is studying, he's part of the, he's in the mass set, uh, sort of. Um, math class and suddenly mom will come and mom puts the food in front, give it a cow you know like that kind of a thing is also happening. Yeah. Uh, so there are those challenges that are happening and uh, again parents have to become kind of like serious to what it is otherwise we won't have the same results I mean we can't have the same results but we won't have any results for that matter if yeah. we don't have the right kind of learning environments and, and kind of things that are
1: so, you know, as a spectator to all of this, it's kind of entertaining for me because my mom's teaching first grade and I can see that she tells me stories that, you know, there's this boy, he comes late to class and he says that, you know, uh, my mommy didn't wake me up or didn't give me nashta on time. That's why I'm late to school today. And online yeah. class, maybe I say, excuse are, I It's kind of entertaining ah. in that sense is that now you're literally exposed yeah. to the problems the child was talking about in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I agree with you. But, um, and so, then... Uh, Continue. And then when the
0: teacher is asking questions, right? So like my, um, uh, like my second grade, my son's also in second grade. The teacher was asking, you know, so, so what do you have for breakfast? And he's like, you know, it's the same thing every day. I'm eating eggs and, and you're listening to it. And you're like, dude, don't feel all this to you. You know what?
1: Yeah. So I, w- I want to segue a little bit into um, uh, having... Uh, into the perspective of EdTech being open access or like you know not open source but being accessible to many Uh, there's many schools in Karachi itself that can't really afford making that digital shift Uh, these are also private schools which have um, their private schools they have challenges of their own so how do you feel that uh, or what advice would you give to all those school leaders out there that are trying to maybe take a step in the first place also be it, uh, and you know, it could be maybe a problem of scale, it could be a problem of resources, of technology, of acumen.
0: I think it's, uh, um, I would like to divide this sort of problem into like a resources versus, uh, let's say, if you don't have resources. If you don't have resources and let's say you are a low income private school, then I think um it's a bigger challenge for you because the student body may not have access to technology too. And I don't know how they will be able to cope up with it. Of course, you would want to help uh, the the your students, but they may need to have a device to begin with. You know, what if they have only one computer at home, and let's say that computer is being used for one thing or the other? Then how are you sharing your content, and sharing content through what way? I think my advice to those people who are in that um, sort of uh, segment where they have resource issue. Um, they should rely on um, already pre-made content out there. So like if, for example, I think relying on Khan Academy, relying on uh, videos that are already out there, content, that don't make the content. Find the content and try to make sure you reach out to your audience. I think that's my advice. Like if I was in that problem, I'd be like, you know what? Why why not I just look at all the videos that are for, let's say, I'm a grade two teacher for math. i will be like, you know what? These are the topics that I had to teach. My students are struggling. My first job should be let me just direct them to the content. Second part of my problem would be okay, why, um, How do I make sure that my students um, um, I mean, see it? And that's where I think probably the school may reach out to parents and ask them, you know, like, there are the things that we want your child to watch, and they are available here. And so please give him access to computer, at least this much access to computer. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, like, um, try to make the, the paper papers, at least the worksheets and all those somehow reach out to those, but uh, to the students um, through delivery or whatever, but it's going to be a challenge. But at least I think they should not waste time in making their own content. I think that's something which a lot of schools, even abroad, are not doing it. A lot of schools yeah. abroad are actually also relying on, and these are good schools, by the way, which are relying on pre-made content of Khan Academy or one thing or the other. And yeah. the internet is super rich with all that content. For the other schools, let's talk about the schools that are that have the resources, but probably scale is a challenge or probably um, acumen, as you said. I think for them, um, uh, there is also A, rely on what is already out there. B, um train the teachers um and i think training teachers becomes really important and i'm i'm going through the process i was i'm also teaching um uh, economics so i had to train myself uh, then i am now looking at teachers now at ivy for example we have teachers of different um age uh, and background as well some are pretty quick at Adopting technology, so for them to conduct classes, Zoom wasn't a big challenge. Or make presentations, voiceover, you know, morning message videos and all that. So it was challenging because you know suddenly you are, you have to be on camera, you have to be talking, you have to be like fully energetic, you have to be not shy. Um, So this is this all becomes pretty daunting, and you need to as school leaders. You need to be encouraging, you need to be patient and you need to make sure that they in the next one to two months become better. Um, the only problem to this is that your student body um, has parents who are also looking at your content and they are paying fee who and they are already you know complaining whether the fee is justified in this time. And while you are going through your learning curve as a teacher or as a school, they are pretty impatient. Um, and so, I mean, that's the biggest problem schools are facing. I mean, schools abroad may not have faced that much problem that schools in Pakistan are facing. And I really want to sort of, sort of take this as a platform to talk about that because here the, the other party, which is out there, which is paying for your services is pretty impatient. And they are basically um, big disbelievers um, and they want uh, the best online class from the teachers um, right away. While this is a learning curve and it takes time and Mm -hmm. you you become better as as you keep on teaching online. And I'm seeing it, by the way, this is our first week and the first day versus second day versus fourth day. Things that just every day they're improving so, um, significantly, mm-hmm. and the reason is simply because you gotta sort of like um, teach uh, to become better at it. Mm-hmm. No matter how much training you get, like if I give you Zoom training and this and that, as soon as you become like a a, a user of it, in when you when you're managing your students and all that, you become better at it. So I think that's so. My advice to those uh, leaders out there who are about to start. I mean, number one, training. Number two, uh, number two, simplicity as well. And I think this is something which is a lesson that I've just learned. We, um, as a school, uh, started to invest in a lot of platforms, but our parents came back to us. They said, "You know what? You just gave us an email." We, we can't manage an email. We are managing our email. We want to manage, you want us to manage our children email as well. And then they said, you know what, there is another platform like Seesaw. You're like, why you why do we have that? Then we, they were like, you know, like, why do you need Zoom? Why do you need this? Then we have other learning platforms, which were, um, when we were physical, uh, when classes were happening in a physical sense, they were pretty useful, but now they are added burden for students. So yeah. suddenly, uh, too many things too many passwords to remember too many is becoming a problem and you, you as a school want to deliver more but the the, the parents um, are now finding it challenging because they they are the ones who are kind of like um, your um, learning partners in this journey and they are the ones who feel and i think they feel guilty as well you know what if uh, child A decided to do a lot of exercising on one pl- uh, exercise on one platform and your child is not doing it and you feel guilty. So your response to the school is why don't you cut down on all those platforms mm-hmm. that you give in?" So I think this is the biggest challenge as well. So keep it simple. Whatever yeah. you want to roll out, roll it out in stages. I think this is what we have also have learned. And uh, the third advice would be, so first was training. Second is like... Simpsons. simplicity and the third simplicity and the last advice probably i mean if i could sort of think about it last advice is basically uh communication i think has become a really important sort of uh sort of uh, thing i think in this time more communication is important and we're also learning it um uh, with with time like um initially we used to think that you know what we will reach out to them after every two weeks, but but now every week, um, uh, the Seems head of less school at in Ivy. Somewhere, yeah, yeah we need to sort of reach out. The coordinators are reaching out to parents and explaining them the timetable, walking them through. The the head of school is reaching out to parents, giving them the holistic picture of things and all that. So you know, like teachers are reaching out every day, end of the day, you know, writing an email, simplifying whatever the tasks are there. Uh, and this message is repeated from all parties so that people feel okay about it yeah so i yeah. mean communicate a lot of communication is needed mm. and communication requires also training and that's something which i want to, to talk about i suddenly you know you, you people um we're not used to communication you know i am from that age you won't uh believe it but i'm from that age where we used to Believe that email is very, very important. Mm-hmm. If somebody writes an email to you, you've got to respond back quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like that's the age that I'm from. You guys are from that age where you are a little dismissive about emails. When like, he says oh, you I'm guys,
1: fine. he's talking about everyone listening, not me. He's talking about people listening in A level. No, right? even no. I think you're you are also <laughs> like, I
0: don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm just mental here. But I'm telling <laughs> you one thing for sure that, you know, like, um, because you know WhatsApp and other communication, inka Because you end up cause there's so much of back and forth that you know email. Impatience Hamari
1: Itni in communication tools, we forget like the
0: base. Also you know? we forgot to I think this is something which you will agree with me. We've also forgotten how to read. You know, we yeah. don't read. I mean, honestly no, speaking, no, 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 course, I don't and I'll, I'll be I'm very honest. I'll be
1: very open about it. This is right now. It's been thirty-five minutes for you and I recording. There's a five-minute yeah. intro before this. I don't think yeah. that uh, anyone's gonna reach at this point. So forget, li- so. forget, forget listening. You so know that's also us wishful wish thinking, start- right? Yeah, That's we, we should start, start singing
0: songs. You know, like because nobody's going to reach this part. Reach, <laughs> yeah. You know, so
1: but the point is that it's no one's listening, no one's reading. Also, there's a you know no quick, quick, quick content we want, and yeah. this is this is also why I hate TikTok. All right, I gotta use it, but I hate. Yeah, it. I'm
0: not on. I'm not on TikTok.
1: Please don't go on it. So, but, okay. but <laughs> I think it's it's just that this impatience has this. You know, I I read somewhere that. Or heard somewhere that if you don't have the patience to read what I've written, uh, don't have the hubris to comment on it. Yeah, and we go straight into the commentary before we even decide to read yeah. something. I agree. With you. I catch and you off. Think, there. I'm
0: sorry. No, no, I agree with you. And I'm thinking this is, and it's it's hurting us more now because when somebody says, "Oh, but you, you, why didn't I know about this?" And you're like, "Oh, I wrote an email." You're like, "Really." And they, oh, and then you were like suddenly, oh my God, I didn't read the email. But, but that's where I think parents are also finding it challenging.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think we need to go back to a lot of things and start reading things properly. Um, but it's very difficult uh, because now we're in a stage of uh, like skimming, skimming everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. If it's two scrolls on your phone, it's too long. That's I think the, the ratio yeah. that's come about. Like
0: to be honest, like you sent me the whole thing about yeah. this talk. And didn't then, read it. Just, I didn't read it. <laughs> just didn't I, was like, okay, I, th- I think this is what he's talking about. This is what I need to talk about. And in the first five minutes, I'll get an idea and I'll just. And I'll it.
1: be open to. I got these notes. I didn't read it. <laughs> I just got. I saw, I saw the first question, the last question I sent it to you. I'm like, beach ka to say yoga. It's like a sandwich, right? You need to have two pieces of bread on top and bottom, and the rest is whatever inside. <laughs>
0: And the funny thing is, I don't know whether we should be talking about it in this talk, but the funny thing is, when I was going through the first few lines, I was like, did us sort really of take time to write this? And I was like, "That's a, true, that's a lot of effort for this talk. <laughs> Some <laughs> poor chap or girl or boy um, must have done the effort for us. Yeah. And if, probably- that, if, that, if that poor
1: <laughs> chap or, or girl is listening, then trust me, I did read it then. All right. At that time, I didn't I read it, it, but I did read it. <laughs> and I've skimmed down all the questions into this conversation. So you, you'll know when you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, also funny thing is when I, I was when I was like, um, and I want to go back to this story because when I was like a, um, a banker, so I used to make these uh, credit proposals or investment sort of memorandums, as we call them. used to, I am and and they were they had these numbers, and you would churn out numbers, you would spend nights to do it, and you would write a report, and then you had to defend this with a set of people who were probably really busy members of different sort of organizations who would then listen to your presentation and decide whether they the company should invest or not and you know like I used to think about it, and I would be like, nobody's gonna read it, nobody's gonna go through the numbers. they will decide everything there and then. But yes, if I commit a mistake here uh, and they find it out, then I will be in a lot lot of trouble. Yeah. So while you are doing your work, you know that nobody's going to read it. But at the same time, you have to get it done properly because what if they read it? The what if part yeah, yeah. makes you like pretty scared. 100%. And that's why I just
1: keep reminding myself it's like, you know, even if no one knows, I know. You know, so. Th- am I not someone in this equation? I could tell someone, I could tell five other people, they'll find that error and then boom, you know, yeah, all guns blazing with that issue.
0: Yeah, so maybe reputation is at stake uh, for all is of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think whatever, whenever we we skim or whatever, mm-hmm. do it uh, like uh, superficially, remember yeah. that some part of your reputation may, may go down to the drain. Yeah, If you do it too often, too much.
1: Yeah, this is a good conversation, sir. Good conversation. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, by the way. So for all those listening, let's just summarize it real quickly. Uh, We spoke about uh, world economics and what businesses are going through. We spoke about what schools are going through. Um, Educational leaders, if you're listening, um, you know, keep it simple. Keep your materials simple. Keep your resources simple. Also, keep training, keep learning, keep practicing. Um, but above above all else, uh, just don't give up. I think that's something that we all need to remind ourselves is that if you communicate with your parent body, with your teachers, with your students, and even amongst your own team, you're all going to realize everyone has the same problem. Um, I'm 100% sure that when Sir Ali's talking about all of this, he's telling us about issues parents come up with. He is also a parent of the school as well. Um, he yeah. empathizes. And, you know, he himself has tech issues as well. So naturally, he's going to be able to help one of the parents at the school also solve their tech issues. And even if you're an A-level student, just don't throw any excuses about Zoom. All right. Because he knows that. So if you want to come up with a wise answer, then you better be sure about what you're saying to him. Uh, And uh, yeah, and I think this last joke segment was pretty good be honest with yourself and make sure you read what you get <laughs> or especially what you're writing yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: Every now and then, I think we need to go, go back to the uh, habit of reading. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but thank you so Mine much I'm for your time. talking to
0: myself as well. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting me.
1: This was a pleasure. Uh, uh, for all those listening, this was uh, Ali and Razada with me, Asad Hashmali. You listened to In The Times with Cedar College. This episode was produced by Backspace See you all in the next one, next Thursday, at the same time. Till then, bye-bye.